You're listening to the Photographer's Story Podcast. I'm your host, Hark Najjar, and joining me is international photography business coach, Bernie Griffiths, as my co-host. Well, welcome everybody uh, to another episode of uh, Photographer's Story. Uh, today we have uh, Eric Byrne from Atlanta joining us today. Hi, Eric. Hey, nice to see you. And we also have, uh, of course, our Bernie Griffiths, uh, who's uh, coming from warm Australia. How are you doing, Bernie? I'm great, uh, Hark, and it, it, uh, it's not that warm. I have a jumper on, but um, yeah, we are in the summertime, so uh, it's a lot warmer than where you are. And hey, Hark. Thank hey, you Hey, Hark. Much. It sounds, sounds like a, a joke, doesn't it? Hey, Hark. <laughs> hey, Hark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're going to be really excited, or you should get excited, because we've got a special guest today. You know what makes him special? No, I don't, Bernie. Well, Eric Byrne, who is our special guest today, is a magician. Eric's a magician? Wow. Eric, are you going to be doing some tricks today? Um, if I can make through this entire 55 minutes without sounding silly, then I've done a amazing magic feat. Now, you've <laughs> got to admit, Hawk, it's a first guest that... It's gone from being a magician to a photographer, although you might say they're the same thing. Well, photography is magic, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I guess so. But Eric, you've been around a long time, right? When did you start your photography? When did you first pick up a camera? What was your inspiration? So um, actually, uh, yes, I was a um, magician from the time I was 11. Um, and I was a little bit of a shy kid, uh, but uh, by the time I did my 300 magic shows and turned uh, 17 years old um, and started uh, working for a photographer through a uh, high school program, it gave us the opportunity in high school, our senior year, instead of skipping out half the day, we were able to find a career and uh, a job, one that would not, they would not be allowed to pay us. It was purely just for learning and maybe apprenticing. Um, I, I just had a fascination with photography um, and uh, fell in love with it. Um, I spent the, not just the rest of the, of the school year, but also the summer uh, uh, hanging out in the, his dark room mostly, watching him do his shoots, uh, dealing with the business matters, uh, even seeing him mess up a few times, which was awesome. <laughs> Learned from that. Um, and. Uh, here I am, uh, 47 years later, I uh, feel like I'm still learning and still got another 47 to go. And uh, what we really miss, hey, if you lived in a dark room and worked a dark room, you saw the magic of that print coming up in the developer. That was pure magic. Yeah, don't you agree, Eric? So, uh, yes, and that was actually, you know, of course, those were the days of trade processing, uh, uh, paper and you know watching it slowly come up um, but I think the coolest thing that I didn't realize until a number of years later um, was how much magic as a trade and photography as a trade um, especially for a portrait photographer were quite similar does that perk your interest absolutely yeah <laughs> and you want to know why <laughs> Why? Lead us on, lead us on. There, uh, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> um, I um, I discovered that um, when you learn magic, you had to 
work a long time practicing with the, the tools, you know, with the magic tricks, with the illusions, um, and getting to the point where you just could do every one of the, the moves and the tricks and the misdirection without thinking about it. Um, and then I spent much of my time when you're doing shows, the difference between a good show and a bad show was be the fact that you had to look at your audience, you had to look at faces, and you had to respond likewise and say the right things, do the right things, pull off the trick at the right moment. Just, you know, the timing was, was very important and the rapport was very important. And doing those two things together while trying not to goof up the magic trick, uh, like taking pictures, were so similar. And I think that having 300 magic shows under my belt really gave me a head start uh, in the photography business. Yeah, and that, that's now, Eric. I've got to ask you something that, that that's fascinating. But do you really cut women in half, you guys, magicians? <laughs> is, is that well, is that just an illusion, or I could tell you how the trick works, but you know what happens? What's that? I'll have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay well, yeah, wait, I, I, wait a minute, Bernie. We, we never got his. Uh, stage show name what was your stage show name for for all these magic shows well i'm a modest kind of guy so i just picked eric the great oh, instead great of magnificent <laughs> <laughs> yeah well actually i've just thought we do have another photographer we know very well gary glenn and gary is also a uh, was a professional magician so oh. that's interesting so there is a you know a similarity between uh, magic and and photography um you um, did your, your your magic till you were 17 or whatever, and then you went, took the career job with a commercial portrait photographer, and you moved to Atlanta and started a business. Is that right? Yeah. I, um, throughout uh, the four years of college, um, I developed a business in my hometown, photographing families during the summer, black and white uh, what they, used, what they call now lifestyle photography, we used to call it environmental portraits because they were done in the environment, outdoors, in the woods, crawl, you know, climbing the trees at the beach. Um, and, um, and I developed a very nice uh, clientele. It was just awesome. Um, I thought that um, I had developed the skills to get me ready to be a, uh, a fashion photographer, right? So um, I went back to Arizona because both of my brothers were there. Um, and one of them was getting married. Um, and uh, I ended up, uh, after the wedding, I had my car filled, ready to, with, with the most important thing, and filling up my entire back seat, the, uh, the three foot speakers and the stereo system. <laughs> and, uh, and I was planning on going out to California, but I met a photographer my first day out. Uh, you know, I was already in Phoenix. I said, oh, I'll look for a job here first. I met a guy that was a, a studio photographer that was selling franchises to do the complete opposite end of the photography business. I was in a very creative side. Now I was going to buying a franchise to photograph uh, high school football teams and baseball and basketball teams and cheerleaders and sell them group photos. And it was a very clever uh, franchise concept. Um, I had to pick a, a locale. I just wanted to stay in the Sun Belt. I uh, picked Atlanta off a map. I got out there, checked it out, 
and uh, fell in love with Atlanta and started my business there. That's great. Um, and um, most photographers start off with weddings. Is that where you started? Um, actually, so since I was already uh, uh, four years under my belt doing uh, family portraits um, and kids and all that, um, the, the sports team photography work was com a completely different angle. Um, and um, it, I learned a lot from that exercise. Um, I still do a couple of uh, volume type things like that still today. Um, but uh, ultimately, um, once I finally opened my studio, which was always my dream from this time I, I got interested in photography, um, I decided that um, I, I'd open up the studio and see what happens. <laughs> uh, and I just winged it. Um, and uh, of course, the first calls that I got were to photograph weddings and bar mitzvahs. Um, so I had no training in it whatsoever, but the phone started ringing and I put an ad out to do some work. And my first ad, I booked like nine, nine, nine actual bookings. <laughs> Atlanta is a big city, um, not like it is today, but it just was really odd that um, there didn't seem like there were that many photographers as far as studio photographers. Um, now the school photographers, there were just boatloads of them. And so that's that side of the business I, I let go after a couple of years. Um, and then I just became like a full service portrait uh, event, um, you know, business uh, uh, photographer. So going from your sports uh, business, did you actually have a full-time uh, running studio at the time or was it, were you still doing that outdoors? Um, so I basically, I guess the timing was about, uh, say three or four years into moving to Atlanta, um, I, I started out by um, wanting to recreate what I had created in my hometown. Um, and I did not have a studio yet, but we moved into a condominium that had a, a low level, of a, you know, low level uh, space that I could call my studio if I wanted clients to come there. Quite honestly, it was pretty embarrassing. It wasn't the nicest place. <laughs> it brought, you, and, uh, brought your clients in, so. <laughs> but, uh, but, you, but so I, that was, you could call that my first studio, but it really was not. But um, I, I, I ended up, um, yeah, I was doing work. I, I put up some portrait exhibits at a, like at a maternity shop at a very fancy shopping mall. Um, and they let me put up some display of my black and white portraits. Um, and honestly, it was like within the first couple of weeks or month, I started getting uh, bookings through them. And one of my very first clients, oddly enough, was the uh, vice president of Coca-Cola. His wife came into this maternity shop, bought some uh, work, said, who is this photographer? And they told, told him about me. I was 22, 23 years old. And uh, Next thing I know, I'm at their home and photographing their family. And um, that was like, that was kind of an interesting way to start my time in Atlanta being that, you know, <laughs> Coca-Cola is, uh, is synonymous with Atlanta. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was my start. And a couple of years after I did open my studio. Well, it's a good thing you brought that up. I was just going to say being in Atlanta, did you ever get a chance to uh, photograph any uh, celebrities? Uh, somebody like uh, Ted Turner or... 
or uh, Jane um, Fonda so, or anybody else? <laughs> so I guess the I guess the most famous was we did a wedding uh, for I for about fifteen of my years I had a um, associate and he was like my right hand man. Um, and the truth is, I could care less about sports, which was one of the reasons that uh, it made no sense for me to be doing high school football teams. <laughs> I, I had no idea what was going on with uh, with sports in the sports world. But uh, uh, a couple walked in my studio, um, and I saw my associate started sweating. And he came back. He says, "Dave Justice is here," and I'm like. Who's Dave Justice? <laughs> so he was, you know, the Braves' uh, uh, batter that uh, hit the Grand Slam home run that uh, won the World Championship. You know. <laughs> oh, I remember that because uh, those were the years that uh, Atlanta beat uh, Toronto uh, for uh, um, for the World Series. So, right, right, yeah. yeah so the world. So you see, I call it Grand Championship instead of the World Series. There you go. Actually, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> I might be lying on that. Actually, but I do remember them playing Toronto in in the playoffs for some reason. So I, I don't know if it was uh, Toronto or uh, not. But I do remember David Jester, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he went to, did he go from, come from, from Canada or go to I, Canada? I, 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 I can't, can't remember, I, but I know he yeah. was a slugger. So I do remember him yeah. from that era. So his, his, his young, uh, beautiful fiance, um, her name, her name is Halle Berry. Wow. And she's so, a so, so pretty well-known actress. It goes from uh, David Justice. I think she's probably more well-known than D David Justice. Is. Of course. So, uh, so it was really kind of cool because uh, the two of them came in and it's like, Oh my gosh, we we booked we booked this you know the shoot, um, and then afterwards after the wedding, it was a real small wedding at their home. They lived close to my studio. Um, they were they were just a young couple of young kids also at the time, um, and, uh, and she was just an absolute sweetheart. Um, but uh, we ended up afterwards. Um, all of a sudden, I start getting phone calls from like magazines and media outlets wanting to buy my photographs or have a usage rights, never in my life did I understand any of that, but I, I had a very good friend that uh, kind of tuned me into, he was in commercial photography and he tuned me into all the advantages of, uh, of this. Uh, and so, you know, we charged them and I got, you know, a five-year contract from one outlet and it was, it was an awesome uh, gig. <laughs> but uh, but that, that was honestly, that was uh, probably the most famous that was a, uh, uh, of my day you know by, uh, by the way needless to say in case our, our, our listeners are wondering i i don't think they stayed married married for very long so they did not he was okay am i gonna get libel sued for libel he was not a very nice guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, well, thanks that, that's, yeah that's that's great uh, so you, you basically turned into uh, uh so was that the photographer uh, photography studio that you had opened up and you had your display at the uh, at the mall that led to the the coca-cola vp coming in did you start getting prominent people from within atlanta started contacting you th through that or did you act no. actively market through that okay so um this uh brings up whatever i can tell you the way i did things um if you want to learn from the school of hard knocks right do it the way I did it. If you want to do it right, uh, Bernie Griffith, um, this is why he does what he does. I think he and I both learned through the School of Hard Knocks, if I'm not mistaken. Is that yep, right, Bernie? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, this is 47 years into a career, which went from, you know, one piece of the photography business to another. Um, I can honestly say I've felt very uh, 
fortunate and lucky that um, maybe I came to Atlanta at the right time. Maybe that people liked my work. Maybe I, you know, grew up or spent time in the right community. I I don't know. I I was out there, um, and I got really busy. And it's like no matter where I turned, it's like I wasn't intending on doing even like just you know pre uh, uh, school photography. And I went to some school, and I was like twenty five or twenty six years old, and the lady at the school I don't even know I was standing behind a fence and she she tells me that uh, um, I asked her about doing school pictures now I've been doing that for those that particular school which is one of my few um, for about almost 40 years the same school so I learned everything I learned um, honestly it came from meeting other photographers I went out of my way wherever I was you know I and any opportunity I had, I wanted to meet other photographers. Because to me, it was like, that's the way I thought that you learn photography business. If we were in a small town, there was always a main street photographer. I knocked in the door and met that person. So through our, my career, I've had uh, the pleasure of you know, meeting different folks along the way. Uh, the photographer in Phoenix that got me into the uh, sports team photography. Um, we went to a a, a photography convention together in Atlanta because the PPA holds their conventions there for a long time. Um, went to talk to a speaker who I just so admired because he was so different from all the other uh, PPA speakers. He was talking about the fine art of photography and showing, you know, pictures of, uh, you know, Eugene Ajay and Cartier Brisson. And these are the people that I learned about in college. And uh, I, anyway, we connected. He had an immensely successful business uh, Southern California, or California through Oregon. Um, and he became a bit of a mentor for me. And the first thing he told me when he came, came to our, this is really early on before my wife and I even got married, came to their three bedroom apartment, you know, which had a, all my black and white prints laying all over the floor, the orange, <laughs> orange shag carpeting. <laughs> and he looked at the work and he was like, you know, we went out for dinner after this is, Eric, you got to open up a studio. He says, whatever you do, I don't mean to diss the PPA organization. It's a wonderful organization. But he actually said to me, don't spend too much time with those PPA photographers. You got a style. They're going to ruin you. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I took what he said to heart. And therefore, maybe that's why I didn't engage in that track. But that's, I don't think that's really, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but but, but, but it was, like I said, these are the lessons that I got as opposed to, you know, having somebody who had done it um, spend the time really teaching me. But this photographer too, he, he broke all the rules in, this, in the studio photography business at the time. Um, and you could see from his work, it, it, his, his studio is still around. He's now sold it off. He's, you know, 75 years old. Yen Louis Studios out of uh, Seattle is your base, Y-E-U-N-L-U-I. Check it out. He's like, it's, uh, um, they're very, very innovative. At least they were, you know, at the time. Yeah, check it out. So you, you've done a lot of, uh, a lot of work. You've been in the industry for a long time. Do you have a one memory that sticks in your mind, whether it was funny or whether it was uh, painful or whether, <laughs> tell us <laughs> any story that you think that, uh, that you would love to share with our uh, listeners? Well, one of the most uh, embarrassing stories, which was a quick one, is, uh, you know, we all try to 
make sure we have our bags filled with our lenses, our cameras, our flashes, the batteries charged, all that good stuff, right? And um, well, I did all of that and I had a shoot to go do that was probably 20 miles away. Um, and uh, I arrived and I unloaded my equipment and I had no film. <laughs> now, I wasn't shooting 35 at this point. I was shooting 120 you know, in my Hasselblad. And it's like, oh my gosh, what do you do? Fortunately, like I said, um, I spend all my time whenever, you know, whenever I was in a new area, I'd go check out other photographers. And I knew of a photographer that was about three blocks from the location where I was uh, photographing. And just coincidentally, this photographer happened to be home. So they worked out of their home. And I said, uh, ah, guys, I said, I showed up without my film. Is there any way you could help me out? The family's waiting here. <laughs> and, and they laughed. They said, yeah, just come on over. They had some 120 film. I got to their place and they were laughing. They said, yeah, we did this before. We uh, were hired to go out and do this huge group shot and there was no way they could find film. <laughs> and they just said, okay, everybody smile. <laughs> took the picture. <laughs> and then I had to make up an excuse afterwards about why the picture, why the camera, why the photos didn't come out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that, yeah, such a such a story, Eric, and it happened to me photographing a wedding with a twin lens Rolleiflex, where the film's supposed to lock at each ex after each exposure as you wound it on, but what happened? It just kept winding, so the film just wound straight through the camera, and I put another yeah. one in, it went straight through the camera. This is when the bride had just arrived at the church, and I hadn't got a backup camera, so and I couldn't keep just pushing the film through the camera. So I did what you did. I drove to a, a photographer who I knew, which happened to be 20 minutes away. He happened to be in. I happened to lend me his camera and I caught up with everybody at the reception. So it's, it's um, the pressure with those weddings. And I still have regular nightmares about it. it's either <laughs> running out of film or running out of memory cards. I think um, this, is the, this is the real reason Bernie tells everybody to get out of the, the wedding. Out of the wedding. Yeah. I, I, I got one better. Um, okay. I, was, uh, I, I was doing a lot of bar mitzvahs during my career um, as well. And I really had it down to a science. My, my business was like 50% at one point during my studio years. Uh, those, you know, this is my like second or third studio. Um, I was doing maybe half my income was coming from uh, events and the other half was coming from uh, portraits primarily. So I, I was working seven days a week. <laughs> but uh, but I um, I showed up Saturday night uh, like we I normally did about an hour prior to the event actually beginning, which is when you typically take um, all the posed family photos of the family, you know, the bar mitzvah child's, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, they're all they all come early, they wait. Uh, you set up, you know, you do your pictures, you do a bunch of formals and it's a huge rush to go through all, but just like a wedding, um, a huge rush. I get to the event, I roll in my camera bag first and it was just right in the front lobby. I parked right there at the front entrance. Um, then I brought in my lights and the second bag in second. This was all within 45 seconds. And I, and every bit of Every all my cameras, all my backups, everything was all in that one bag. That's how I worked. I walked in the lobby and I was like, 
oh, I wonder where I put my bag. This is strange. <laughs> and I walked into one room and the other room and the, one of the vendors was there that I knew real well. I said, do you happen to see where the camera bag? No, I haven't seen it. I saw you, you were here just a minute ago. It was stolen. <laughs> right at the event? And, at the event, oh my god, 30 yeah. minutes prior to the family arriving, and then of course, I was going to be there for six hours afterwards. Wow. Now, what do you do? I had another friend who was a photographer, <laughs> <laughs> and she and I referred each other work. I'm telling you, you got to get a network with photographers because they're going to save your back someday. Um, and I actually ended up uh, uh calling her. And um, she happened to be home. She didn't have an event that night. It was six o'clock, which I was very fortunate because she was also doing a lot of events. Um, and fortunately she had the same cannons and the same uh, flashes that I have. Um, and she just, I ran over there. I, I called the family up in their rooms. I said, listen, I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna be a few minutes late. I, um, I, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I got back and uh, well, she saved, my, she saved my butt, you know, it was like, uh, I, I was able to get the family pictures done like nothing ever happened. And uh, at the end of the day, I did finally end up telling the family about, you know, what happened. Um, and they were like, oh, I'm so glad you were able to, you know, do all that. You know, that was fortunate. But then, of course, when it came time to ordering the pictures, they, uh, they like, you missed a picture during the pre formals <laughs> You missed a picture. Uh, and they wanted a discount. And I'm like, I was ready to explode. It was like, yeah. do you know how many photographers would have been able to recover yeah. the way I did? <laughs> Welcome to I wedding photography. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, Eric, you photographed the U.S. Olympic team. Tell us about that. Um, yeah, so another short story. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, um, I had a lady drop in. She was uh, um, the wife of a uh, one of the vice presidents of Cox Communications, which is just down the street from me. And um, she liked my site and all that, but she said, can you, uh, oh, I photographed her kids doing headshots um, and she loved them. And then when it came time for the Olympic team to come to Atlanta um, to, re to practice, um, that was, um, I forget which Olympic, that was in the last eight years. Um, they, uh, asked me to come to their home and do a photograph of the entire Olympic team at night, um, you know, with, you know, 60 people or what have you. And um, that day um, we were, my daughter-in-law was decided that she'd like to celebrate um, my son's uh, uh, birthday by going whitewater rafting up in the mountains uh, where they actually one of the places where the summer Olympics took place years, uh, a couple of years early, a couple years earlier. And um, we uh, went on the excursion and um, I, our boat was flipped over and I hit a lot of rocks that went over four waterfalls, <laughs> nearly drowned, literally. I was choking up water. Uh, we did all of the four of us in the car hardly talked to each other the whole way, way home, except my, my other son says, what are we gonna tell mom? <laughs> my wife. <laughs> and we said, we're not gonna tell her anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a shoot that night to do these pictures, and I I was bruised and uh, like I was limping. I had to fake it off, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I took off to shoot this job. And of course, I had to climb a ladder to <laughs> to take this picture. And um, fortunately, it, it all worked out beautifully. 
Um, and then uh, two days later, when she did find out what had happened, she was not very happy with us. <laughs> was it the wife or the uh, client? <laughs> uh, no, the client was very happy. She had yeah. no, she had no idea. <laughs> the wife, we kept it from her as a secret. <laughs> um, Eric, as we pay homage to photographers like yourself, professional photographers, one of the things that. Uh, is the benefit of being a professional photographer over a period of time. It does uh, allow you to travel a lot. And uh, tell us about what the photography is giving you in terms of travel and, and how you've been able to travel with it. Okay, so one of my earliest clients from Milwaukee, my hometown, I photographed the same child, you know, each of those summers and then uh, a number of year, a couple of years later, she called me up and I hadn't talked to her for at least 15 years. And she says, hey, it's Kate Nemshoff. I said, oh, I said, is Amy getting married? And she was like, how did you know that? <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, well, uh, what else would you be calling me for? Well, she was getting married in, uh, in Jamaica. So we had a wonderful experience, you know, going down there, my, 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 one of my location jobs. I, I photographed, a, there was a company called Service Merchandise um, that a guy uh, from Tennessee, um, uh, his, I think his parents started. And then they were in Atlanta as well as company, but they, they his wife, his second wife, uh, I had done family pictures of her and her kids. Uh, she married him. Uh, they were getting married in uh, Nashville. I went to Nashville, fabulous, you know, wedding. Uh, then their daughter later, a number of years later had her event. Um, I flew down to Miami, uh, did a wedding there. Um, I've been, uh, you know, I've had a lot of travels. I, the, the, the coolest one though, really the experience was, remember I tell you that uh, I always like to meet photographers. So for about seven or eight years, you know, um, when our kids had finally, uh, you know, uh, grown and gotten out of the house, <laughs> uh, uh, we, my wife and I started doing a lot of big, you know, European and international trips. And after about five or six years of this, I was like, you know, um, let's make our next trip a little more interesting. Um, I wanna like get something more out of it than just seeing the sights and having wonderful experiences. So I ended up there and we decided that our next trip was gonna be to Australia. That was always on our, one of our top bucket lists. So I actually um, sat down on my computer and started emailing photographers all over, uh, uh, mostly Sydney, uh, I guess a few in Melbourne. Uh, and I even, we also went to, uh, to New Zealand and Australia and to New Zealand. And I had a couple of responses, but this guy, Bernie Griffiths, he writes me and he says to me, uh, I thought he was asking me if I'd like to come over and attend one of his seminars. <laughs> and, I was like, and then I realized, wait a minute, no, that doesn't make sense. And it turns out he actually wanted to give a seminar uh, for his, the people that he coaches. Uh, so I actually have said, well, I've never given a seminar before, but sure, I can do that. So um, we, I put a, a, a program together. I passed it by Bernie. I said, how does this idea sound? And uh, we, uh, we, with the oddest, the oddest coincidence of all was that not only had we had parallel careers in many ways, uh, we were like kindred spirits, I think. <laughs> um, and uh and, and it was just a, it was just a, a, amazing that um, I picked this hotel 
um, that appealed to me. I didn't want to be in the city. I didn't want to be in the suburbs. I wanted to be in a similar area to I'm, I'm familiar with in Atlanta, what we call Buckhead. It's kind of like the, 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 uh, the midtown area, so to speak, the, the nice, really nice suburbs. And, I, and he, he wanted to do, you know, had me do some seminars. Um, and so he said, well, what hotel are you staying at? And I was a hotel in South Yara, which he says, oh, that's two blocks from where I live. <laughs> now, all the hotels I could have picked in Melbourne, what's the likelihood of that? <laughs> so I just knew this was all meant to be. So, so we, we spent a couple of days here there. And then it, at one point prior uh, to going, he says, uh, hey, Eric, you want to do a, another, uh, another one in, uh, in Sydney as well, mate? And I said, I said sure, why not? <laughs> so anyway, that was really, um, of all of our trips, that was really, truly one of our great highlights. And now we've had this fabulous relationship for the last, Bernie, 10 years. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I'm that's just going to ask you, what, what year was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was uh, 10 years ago. And um, Eric was fantastic. I just felt that the Australian photographers were like a lot of photographers. We tend to be a bit insular. And I wanted to expose them to the American side of things and, and let them know that there's another land outside of Australia. And Eric was very forthcoming with his career and his PowerPoint presentation both in Melbourne and Sydney. And uh, we, uh, you know, as Eric said, we just sort of uh, seem to attach to one another. And uh, hey, hey, Bernie, Bernie, do you remember the name of the, uh, the, the, the talk? Uh, was it anything to do with Eric the Great? I don't, no. <laughs> I, but I've probably got the slides somewhere. <laughs> didn't, mean to, didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> Uh, do you remember? Of course. What was it? It was, you know, I've been to a lot of PPA conventions and I know these seminars, so I called mine the, uh, I had a picture of myself in Milwaukee, uh, I, a picture of one of my friends who had a farm. I was all dressed up in my overalls uh, and uh, there was some bunch of cows behind me. I didn't grow up that way. I just took this picture <laughs> and I, that was my, I decided to call it a, the No Bull Tour. <laughs> <laughs> the no bull tour that was it yeah so we exposed you to the uh the australian photographers and i'm sure a lot of them will never forget you eric <laughs> so it looks like uh, um, if i left you guys alone you guys would be uh telling stories all night long it looks like you've got uh, lovely, had some good times in australia yeah but we're coming right. towards uh the end of the uh the podcast uh, before it gets too long uh, Eric, uh, I don't know if Bernie told you this. Uh, we've got a rapid fire uh, test coming up, and uh, Bernie's going to ask you uh, a bunch of questions, a one word uh, answer only. And uh, if oh. you get through that, there's a prize waiting <laughs> for you at the end. So I'm going to let uh, Bernie uh, handle the uh, rapid fire questions here, Bernie. Okay, just to close Great. things out a little bit, Eric. Uh, one, one word. One word. One right. word. Okay. Yeah. And uh, if you get it, if you can answer them all in one word, there is a prize. And uh, it is a prize to Texas. Uh, later on this year, when we're allowed to fly, we're going to get together for a retreat with all of my clients. And uh, you'll be one of the guest speakers. And Hawk is paying all the airfares, all the accommodation, all the food and alcohol you can drink. So, but you do have to, <laughs> you do have to just answer all these questions with one word. So what's your favorite alcohol drink? 
Scotch. Your favourite city in the world? Melbourne. What sport do you play? Kayak. If if you could have dinner one on one with any person in the world, living or dead, who would it be? Moses. Favorite movie? My beautiful life. Favorite camera you've ever owned? Mamiya RB67. Least uh, favorite. <laughs> would, would, would you like to relive your life? Yes or no? 150% or more. Uh, what, what's your favorite food? Mm, sushi. Who would you be if you weren't you? Oh, Richard Avedon. If you hadn't been a photographer, what would you have liked to have been? Real estate investor. What is your motivation to get out of bed every morning? Just to enjoy the day. Okay. Oh, is so, this supposed to be one word? Yeah, it was supposed there to be. You, no, you almost you, there. You failed. Almost you there. nearly got there. But I had you my credit card yeah. out. Yeah, oh, so sorry. I had my credit card. Out. I, was gonna, I was just about to pass it on to Bernie. So Bernie, we uh, finally well, have a client. We finally have a guest that's going to make it through. He was close, but sorry, Eric, you'll have to pay your own half. Eh? <laughs> but that's okay. It'll be great to see you there. I'll pass you over to Hawk. We'll just close it out. Thank you, Eric, for your time. Fantastic. We will talk later at some point. Um, but uh, I'll get Hawk just to close this episode out. Thanks, Bernie. Uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Lots of great stories. Uh, if you would like to appoint our viewers to or listeners to uh, uh, any of your work, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or any other place where they can see your beautiful work, where would that be? So my um, site is, um, I've specialized in the last six years. So um, it's not as diverse as it had been, but it's now, I call my business Headshot. Studio Atlanta.com. Well, thank you very much. Uh, uh, and we look forward to uh, catching up with you again. Looks like uh, you've still got lots of stories to tell. And uh, hopefully, we're able to uh, meet up with you in Texas. Uh, hopefully, right, Bernie? Uh, one thing yep. to open up. Yep. Okay, <laughs> right. Thanks very much. And um, thanks for taking the time to uh, speak with us. You bet. Look, really, really enjoyed it. You guys are great. Thanks.